Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, yo, what's good? Check it out. This is your boy, Elder Sensei. One half of the legendary artifacts. You are right now in tune to my man, Tim Einenkel at the library on rapstation.com. Let's get it popping, y'all. Artifacts. Peace, Elder Sensei. I'm out. And it's such a beautiful night. It's so luxurious, so extravagant, so remarkable. Your piano score from Beethoven, the symphony when your face glowing, epiphanies from the chase moment, music to my ears, I could bang on October 28, 2016, Mickey Fax and Knott's released the Achievement circa 82. Even though Mickey Fax has already been in the game for 10 years, the Achievement is his debut album and features Styles P, Blue, Fonte, and many others. It's an album which exemplifies Mickey's passion for his craft as well as his appreciation for his fans. Mickey Fax, welcome to the library with Tim Einicola. Smicky! <laughs> What's up, man? Thanks for being here, man. Thank you. Thank you, brother. I'm excited. This guy like a fly ghost hearing the voice that that's a high note. At the wine house with my life coach. Yeah. Love is drugs and my wife dope. Like, whoa, whoa. Know that I'm going to treat you right. One time. So like I said, the, the album is your your debut album. Yeah. Um, but sorry, you already been here 10 years, 10 years in your career. Damn. Um, when did the creation of the album begin for you and then... Did the concept of the album change as you were developing it? Now, the creation of it started in 2008, around February. I started working on the album, February 2008. And there are like maybe seven different incarnations of that album. So like, there's a song that I had on there. Like when I first did the album, like Kit Cudi was on the first draft of it. I had uh, like on the third draft, I had Bruno Mars on it. Like the fourth draft, I had John Legend on it. Then, like the seventh draft is like you. You got like Yellow Wolf. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it just was so many. I recorded so many songs for the album, but it wasn't never me. It was a lot of politics with the record labels that I was signed to at those times, and they never kind of pushed the button to get this thing out. So when I started working on it with Knots, we actually started on it late 2015. It's supposed to be an EP, but the songs were so good, we decided to just make it a full length LP. And, uh, you know, I called in some friends that I know and we kind of came together and, you know, we created this great synergy of music, you know. So where was the, I guess, where was the majority, where were you, like, what studio, I guess, were you in when you were recording? Was it one studio? Uh, was there one person in the studio with you at all time? I've been in so many different studios recording this album. Uh, a lot of it was done in uh, Gramercy Studios. My boy James Ziner, he's been recording me for the past... 14 years now i first recorded with him in 2003 and he recorded my debut album and he recorded the song with cuddy 
he recorded uh well then when I got signed to Jive I started recording out of their studio. So um the John Legend song was recorded there, the Bruno Mars song was recorded there, the Yellow Wolf song was recorded there. I went to Tree Sound Studios in Atlanta and recorded some of the album there too, different incarnations of it. So I was all over the place just making this thing from New York to Atlanta. I never went overseas and over uh across the country to LA to do it. Always was in New York or Atlanta. And you mentioned you, there was a bunch of other songs with other artists. Just to make sure that those songs are, in one way or another, they're just not on this current album? Right. They're not on this current album, no. When you're creating an album like this, and it's you know taking this many, much mm-hmm. time to make, how do you, as an artist, ensure that it's going to be timeless? You know, in a way, we're like, yeah, it's, it, 2016, it sounds, you know, it, it's a great album for 2016, but it's something, an album that could also have been released 2010, you know, 2000, right. you know? Well, you know, there were some records that I wanted to be on the album, but once I decided that, Knotts was going to be the one producer then I had to kind of get into that kind of mode of where this is going to be he's going to do this album and it's going to be that but there were songs that I held on to for years thinking that it was going to make the album at one point or another some people's the opening track of the album and it starts off with your wife Mm -hmm. uh, saying a poem I surmised my prize before anyone believed in me realized comprised of what they told me I couldn't be God placed a legacy in my destiny, so his will for me eradicates all doubt and feeds my drive. Because of the work ethic I've vested, I thrive. My talent deprived of peer validation, but I persevere because art keeps the purpose of my past so clear. Success never to be grappled by fear. My time is here. Did she write this poem with the sole purpose of being on the album? And then for you as an artist, and even in your personal life, what's the significance of having her poem on the opening track of your album? Um, well, I asked her, I wanted her to be a part of the album. Um, and she's the beginning, she was the beginning of a new version of myself. And being that it was the first album and I had already been married for a year, I wanted her to be a part of that. Um, it was her first time recording. And then I, I made the decision that whenever I do put out another album, every time I put out an album, she'll probably open up the album. Mm. Um, I want her words to kind of, you know, introduce me before I start going into what I do. I think it's imperative. I think it's necessary that people hear the words from, you know, my other half, you know, as we begin on that journey of this, of the, of the album, you know, on the same track, you obviously take us on your beginnings, your journey. Um, and you rap about cutting class, being suspended. Um, how did you know that you, you were going to fully immerse yourself into hip hop culture and rap music. And was there a backup plan? <laughs> um, I didn't know. I, I kind of, you know, when you're a kid, you kind of don't think about bills in the future and things of that nature. So I just kind of rapped and I didn't even know people were like, I didn't know how people were making money off of music. So I kind of just did it just to do it. And then you know, real life hit when I was like 19. I got my first apartment and that's when I was like, oh, I got to actually work. So, you know, I had a job for a very long time and then I went to school. To, I went to different schools. I went to Marymount College. I went to NYU. And, you know, those things weren't for me. I wanted to study law. And then I was like, yeah, I don't want to study law no more. I want to do music. Even though I didn't know how people made money with music, I was like, this is what I want to do. It's something that's calling me to do. So I just kind of, you know, took a leap of faith and quit my job in 2007 and then dropped out of school later that year, maybe around May, and I haven't looked back since. 
pops came to school mad, but was happy for the fact that they brought me back. I was on the last week of freestyling after that. Cyphers with drag on. I was cool with Remy. Class with my Walkman on. I was super fatty. Didn't have the Jordans, Pippins, or the... Uh, the second track is uh, Masterpiece uh, featuring Blue. The words peace, P-I-E-C, yes. and the other word peace, P-E-A-C-E, are interchange- you know, switched on and off in the album. Yes. Um, what's the importance of having these two words as a kind of a continuous word play throughout the piece? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bam. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And, 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 and how hard and also like how hard is it to write I guess a, a song like this well Blue came up with the, the concept uh, we were talking via email he was like yo like this this beat that you sent me sounds like a masterpiece and you know we need to kind of flip the word piece as much as we can and I was like uh okay <laughs> so then he sent his verse and when he sent his verse I heard it and I was like wow he used piece a lot like I think I counted it one time I think he did maybe like 23 times he said piece like 23 times so I had to do the job of writing a verse that didn't say the same words as he did and make it and say as many as I possibly could and still making it fluid uh, it was definitely difficult but I got it done and as you're speaking on that I just like two days ago wrote the remix to it because Fire Mantra is going to be on the remix so I had to write another verse with nothing but pieces and stuff like that in it so I'm excited to see what Pharaoh does but you know that verse took me a while to write because again me and blue already did piece a lot and then i had to do more pieces and it's actually refreshing because nothing overlap it's interesting you said very much because when i heard the song i automatically thought of uh broken again where he goes seven cc's and i'm not yeah. gonna rap it because i would you know, kill it but right right but but it was like it was like that same type of thing but you know you know, a much longer for the whole track, yeah. right? You mentioned Blue and you mentioned um, And in the album There's a voicemail yeah. that's played That's saying hey, I got a perfect track for you right. is, is knowing that Your fellow artist friend Will be perfect on a track uh, More instinctual for you Or do you look for certain beats that work That you know will work for them uh, Well that's interesting too Because that voicemail it's not a real voicemail, but it was very close to being a real voicemail from 2010. He's supposed to be on a song that we call Red Sky, which is actually going to be on this mixtape we're putting out this week. When I heard the Masterpiece record, I, I knew that I wanted Blue on it. And what's funny about it is Blue had went on Twitter, I think, and was like, yo, I'm doing verses for like $300 or something like that. And I was like, yo, who I send the money to? He was like, man, you ain't got to send me no money. Just send me the beat. Because I, <laughs> I had been waiting for like eight years to get this verse from him. And I remember for his EP, he sent me four beats. And he was like, yo, I need, you know, pick a beat and do a verse on it. And I like two days later, I was like, no, you pick one of my verses over one of these four beats and you use it for your project. So oh. I sent him back four verses. Oh wow! 
And this was like two years ago. So then I was like, you know, you owe me a verse. Like, come on, like, <laughs> let me get this verse. You know what I'm saying? So like, it was one of those things where like, as far as like, when I heard the masterpiece track, I was like, this is something that I really want Blue on. And it was, it was one of the bucket list things to get a track with Blue. That's my boy. I've known him for so long. So, you know, I'm glad we got a chance to make it happen. Uh, you're, you're, you know, the, the people that are on these tracks are not just great artists, but they're also your friends. But yeah. And that being said, just because they're friends doesn't mean that uh, doing a track together would work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you, you know, you have Fonte, Currency, Styles P, mm-hmm. uh, Blue, of course. Um, how much of their body of work do you need to hear prior to knowing that a track with them would make sense? Well, I'm, I, I knew, I knew. I know of all of their catalog. So, like, Styles P, I've been a fan of for 20 years. Like, that was pretty much a no-brainer. Um, Fonte, I've been a fan since Little Brother in 2005. So that's a no-brainer. I kind of knew what he would sound like over what. Smoke Dizza, I've known for, like, 14 years. So I knew what he would sound like over what over that. Currency is the same way. I've known Currency for, like, nine years. And he actually owed me a verse because I did his I did something on his first album. So it was more so like, you know, I knew he was going to do it for me. And each track I just kind of was like this guy would sound good on this and this guy would sound good on this and this sound, and I just kind of knew. And plus on Instagram, Knots would put up the beats. And when Knots would put up the beats, people would be like, I can hear Blue on this. Or, I can hear Fonte on this and I can hear Styles P on it like and I would take that as like you know, inspiration to kind of make and motivation to make the track actually come to fruition. Uh, the track with Styles P. Yeah. Uh, which I... Insane. Insane, yeah. I, that, that's the word, yes. Um, Insane. It's in my name, I'm a teacher. General in the beast war and peace corps. Only time you next to I is on the keyboard. Who paid you to jump out of that window in an MC walk? It's you and him going back and forth. Uh, and it... You listen. You close your eyes, listen, and it's one of those tracks that if you know Styles P was on it, or even know Mick Fax was on it, mm-hmm. you would think one artist is doing the whole thing. Right, right, right. Uh, but then I think, and I know we're in an age of you know emailing, you know, like emailing right. first back and forth. But this has to be a track where both of you are in the studio together, no? Okay, so essentially, the first person that I wanted on this track was Asher Raw. Asher was very busy working on his EP with Knots, ironically. So he couldn't do it. The next person I wanted on there was King Lose. I reached out to King Lose and he sent me a text back saying he was going to be selfish for the year 2016. I don't know what that meant. But I just kind of went along with it like, okay. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just kind of went along with it. Um, I wrote the verses. I already had the verses written out. And I did a show with Styles P in Columbus, Ohio. And, you know, he had heard of me and he was like, I want to see you perform. So he saw me perform and then he was like, yo, can we do a song together? So he kind of approached me about doing a song. And I was like, I have the perfect record for you. And he was like, as soon as we as soon as we get up tour, come to the studio and we'll do it. So I went to the studio and, you know, I laid my verses down. And then he laid his that de- like he got he smoked and just laid all of his stuff down like and it was just like it was it was incredible it was a great moment for me to see you know somebody who I listened to for years like two decades actually do you know do verses on my debut album I thought it was incredible 
you said you wrote the verse. He wrote his own verses. Or you did, I mean, did you write the, he, he, you wrote the song? Or? Yeah, I had already wrote my verses. Okay, so he wrote. Yeah, he kind of just we kind of just bounced off of each other. I was going in, and he was going, and I was going. So I, it, it made it seem like you know what I'm saying, like we were going back and forth, but my stuff was already ready. Yeah, because there's moments where like he takes you know opposite words from you, right? Kind of things in. Is that like a game that I mean? Is there were there moments that you or him? I don't know. Maybe rewrote some stuff because I did rewrite some stuff. Uh, I rewrote. I think if I'm not mistaken, I rewrote my third verse and I rewrote my fifth verse. I just didn't like. No, no, no. I think I rewrote my third and fourth verse. I just didn't like how they sounded. So I kind of rewrote those. Just because uh, I just felt like. Not not, not because he did better than me. It was more so I didn't like my approach to those. So I kind of decided to rewrite. Uh, on the track Wants mm-hmm. um, You spit I want to bring back John Lennon and Biggie Winehouse yeah. at Whitney um, What impact did Each of these artists Kind of have on your Yourself as an artist But also in, uh, As a person Right Well John Lennon You know He's Aside from music He was a culture Cultural icon And I looked at him As more than an artist He was just like He was like a real Real like Humanitarian like A real human being and he's needed in, in, in the society now. As far as Biggie goes, I remember when Biggie passed away. Um, I was really sad about that. You know, it was something that it's like, wow, you know, Big is no longer with us. So I would love him to be back. Whitney Houston, her voice is incredible. Um, one of the greatest voices in our, you know, time. And and Winehouse, you know, I thought Winehouse, even with her demons, she was an incredible artist as well. She bared her soul to a lot of people, and a lot of people resonated with her. So these people, I, I really wanted them back, and they were all inspirations to me with their music and their impact on the world. I want fathers to take care of their kids, because their kids and need fathers to live. That's what I want. That's what it is. When you, you when you go to Rap Genius, right, mm-hmm. and look at your lyrics and, and you go you go to wants and, and you read it and it kinda reads versus the other stuff as like a kind of a list. Yeah. Uh was that purposeful? The way it did, it kinda was displayed or is displayed? I you know, I, I don't think that was, but I think they kinda did it that way. Uh when we went to Rap Genius, they you know, they asked me about wants and I think they just kinda, you know, made it, you know, a special kind of post when they did that particular song. Oh, so it wasn't something like you, you wrote like, God, internet lies to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, 414 words. Yes. Uh, what's the significance of 414 to you? Uh, well, you know, 414 was in my bank account at the end of 2013 after being on Total Lupe Fiasco and it prompted me to uh, want to stop doing music. Um, so I recorded that song in April. Um, 2014 Ironic right 
Um, <laughs> that's 414 too. Uh, the second song that I did was called 414 AM. Uh, Key Wayne produced both of those songs actually. Um, and then when I was doing 414 words, I wanted to do a trilogy, and I was like, you know what? Let me do 414 words. And I sat there and I just counted it all, and I just wanted to kind of. It was the first song I recorded too, and I just kind of wanted to get it all out there really quick, you know. Was there many imagine the writing process here? Is there many drafts, or like, did you ever go over under? Or? Well, the beautiful thing about it was it was just one long verse. I just kind of wrote until I felt like I should stop, and I, I kind of stopped. The first time on like 270 And then I was like okay I, I probably got maybe about another 12 bars And then I gotta put a hook on there So it kinda was easier It's easier than you know What I thought But then I started seeing like There's people There's a guy who He did like 414 sentences And then another guy did 414 syllables and I'm just like wow I didn't really realize people You know Were taking it that serious but, you know, I, I just wanted to do a trilogy with that. 414 words, 414 AM when I wrote the first, the second song, and 414 in my bank account. Man, that was pretty cool. Uh, the Achievement, um, yeah, the last, last song. Last song on the track. Uh, yeah. I think it's one of the most powerful tracks on the entire album. Mm-hmm. Especially if you go back to the opening track, Some People. Right. Uh, and you you just think about how these two tracks relate to each other because um, it shows to me it shows that your your love for the art form mm-hmm. and your your big appreciation to your fans is this track placement purposeful for you and then what do you want your listeners how do you want your listeners to leave the album listening as the achievement as the last song yeah I always knew that was going to be the last song on the album and I wanted to be very honest and put a lot of my emotions on that last song as well as a lot of the, the achievers on that song. And I wanted to let the fans know that, you know, that I'm not going to stop this time. You know, I'm going to just keep going. And, you know, the last acapella verse was, you know, letting people know that, you know, Mouse 2 was coming. Mickey Mouse 2. So I think it was I think it was essential that I got, you know, that all of that done. I think I said that to me is that the album is only 10 tracks. Yes. Um, I don't know why this is standing out to me. Uh, maybe ADD. Uh, but, you know, I mean, we're in an age of like, you, you, you get an album and it's like 15 tracks, right? Right. Uh, and that seems to be the average. Uh, but this one's 10. I mean, is 10 a significant number to you or could you have gone more? Yeah, I mean, it was 10 years it took me to finally put the album out. Um, 10 songs I wanted it to be reminiscent of Illmatic as well as Commons B I thought about Illmatic when I yeah yeah, nice you know Commons B had 11 songs but it was close it was damn near close to being perfect so you know I kind of wanted it to be in that same vein of you know 10 songs you know very short very sweet but enough to kind of you know indulge in so that was the purpose of it I didn't want to put too many songs the more songs you put on an album the more chance for error you have so i kind of wanted to keep it as short as sweet as possible 10 years debut album is was last year uh 2016 and we're talking about that now uh are there do you, do you ever do you, i mean knowing where you are now in your career do you ever did you ever hope did you ever, do you ever wish like oh i wish my debut album was actually when i 
came out my first year or are you kind of happy where you you know happy that this kind of all happened like this i mean i definitely wish it came out earlier i mean because you know my peers are like they're like way ahead of me like they're on their fourth albums and you know some of my mixtapes can be considered albums but they're not official albums so like a lot of my peers are like way ahead of me so I, that always kind of eats up at me um but for the most part you know i'm, I'm kind of cool with it i'm glad it came out now um and you know i'm glad people enjoy it now you know i mean i would have loved for it to come out earlier any year before 2016 but the fact that it did come out now and people enjoy it that's all that matters to me really is there one just last question is there one track on this album that kind of defines your where you are now as an artist um or one verse or one line maybe hmm that's a good question i'm thinking about the album i would say i'm good that song is pretty much you know where i am with it right now just kind of more relaxed and more laid back with it as opposed to you know everything else on the album it's more riding music more kind of chill vibe music that's what i'm kind of going to start moving towards Mickey facts uh, Spinky. new album the achievement with knots with knots circa 82 go pick that up go stream it on all streaming sites out there man appreciate everybody who tuned in and you know i got a mixtape dropping this week depending on when this airs uh <laughs> it's called uh rare freestyles and unearthed works volume one um and then i'm gonna probably put out an ep later on and then uh album with key wayne titled ascension and then mickey mouse 2 in december that's what we doing Thanks, thank you for joining me at the library to Monica. Thank you very much, man. You sure you ain't home? I'm good. What up, Joe? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. That's what they call me. That's what they call me. I burst so many things. Take me to Murray. Let the beat ride. Tell the driver, please take me to the seaside. Konnichiwa. Why be looking plush while I'm in the cut with a cup counting up? I don't do much. Roof in the trunk, put the luggage in the front. Polo cup, let a brother stunt. From the jump. Everything is everything. I got a little bit of everything. I don't need anything. I don't need anything.
What up, Joe? Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.